The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Season 6 of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. Break out the wedding dress, because there's a funeral. What? Really? What does the Indiana Jones hat and Michael Jackson's jacket from Thriller have in common? Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. We scour the internet and other sources to get useless information just for you. Plus, we'll answer your mailbag question. And in the headline from news from around the world, it's nice to have a nice cold Peasner. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Your weekly sweet <laughs> and savory facts of totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Come and get it! Mm-hmm. Mm, yummy. You can make chalk from eggshells. Eggshells are essentially calcium carbonate, which is exactly what chalk is made of. It takes a few crushed eggshells to make one chalk, but it's a fun thing to try with kids and recipes around the internet, so check it out. So eggshells can turn into chalk. Also, folks, take the eggshells, crush them up in a blender, and then spread them around your tomato plants and you won't get cracking on your on your fruit on the tomato really yes because the calcium the calcium helps that out so you just gave us useful information <clears throat> so we apologize for that very rare <laughs> that you hear that noise exactly you know? yes it is noise and <laughs> we don't play it often enough but thank you so you take crushed up eggshells you put them around your i love how you said you take some eggshells and you and it prevents cracking of the tomatoes. Researchers have found that bars put salty snacks on the bar, which makes people drink more. And that makes sense. You eat something salty, you want to drink something, right? I mean, Nick and I worked at a place called the Aster, which my dad was the owner of, and we used to put uh, salted peanuts on the bar during during the day and at lunchtime. It make people drink more. Yeah. But one thing they also found is that the louder the music, the faster you'll drink. Wow. So that got me to thinking. Load them up with the salty peanuts, then slam the loud music on and keep feeding them the peanuts while you watch them drink themselves into oblivion. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So in that bar, we uh, served club soda. English chemist Joseph Priestley discovered an artificial method for producing carbonated water, and this was in 1772. In a pamphlet, he it explained the process of dripping sulfuric acid onto chalk after you grind up the uh, eggshells, I guess, <laughs> which produced carbon dioxide, CO2, which was captured in a bowl of agitated water. 
It was just angry. You, you know, the, who knows? I know that's because you make fun of the water. That's go, right. Yeah, just water. <laughs> so it was agitated. Priestley thought uh, such carbonated water was a cure for scurvy and proposed the process to Captain James Cook to prevent scurvy on his second voyage of the South Seas. Well, Priestley never realized the commercial potential of this product, though he preferred to it as his happiest discovery. So in 1783, Johann Jacob Schwepp, Schwepp, a jeweler and amateur scientist of Geneva, began the commercial production of carbonated mineral water by dissolving CO2 under pressure. Wow. There you go, Schwepps. You know what I got out of that? Nick used that for the food section because of Captain Cook. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it has a lot to do with gas that's pretty cool i i have a lot of gas that's another story yes okay mcdonald's mm-hmm. just closed their locations in russia yes boo-hoo, wow. Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. yeah <laughs> they weren't loving okay. it did you know that mcdonald's sells 2.5 billion hamburgers a year and i think we've discussed this before on the show 2.5 billion. So then I said, let me do some handy dandy math. So we broke that down. That's 75 burgers per second. Wow. Yep. 6.5 million a day. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. And I'm so sorry about the Russian McDonald's because now we'll never, like the McRib went away. <laughs> now the McLennan is no more and the Big Putin. Instead of the Big Mac. Right, yeah. Big Putin, you'll never get that again. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you eat one of those burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Let that sink for a second. Agreed. Said, I want to call it Big Putin. It's got the big meat. <laughs> uh, greens should be boiled from hot and potatoes from cold. The rule of thumb that if the vegetable grows above ground, it should be placed into boiling water. If it grows below ground like potatoes, you should begin cooking it in cold water. Hmm. Starting root vegetables out in cold water allows their outside layers to heat more gradually, which stops the surface of the vegetable becoming flaky and mealy. Hmm. There's your rule. That's of a good tip, Nick. It is. So you know what? You should do it again. This thing. So we apologize again for useful information on totally That's useless twice. information. Yeah. Twice in a very short period of time. That's right. Wow. We are informing people. Okay. Get ready. This one is for the tree-hugging hippies. The tree-hugging hippies. There's something we haven't heard in a while. Look at all the pretty trees. I just want to hug them. All yeah. of the pretty That's it. Trees. Downtown Toronto after the <laughs> legalization of marijuana. The Toronto gold, <laughs> as one of our listeners put it. Because of your wonderful recycling nonsense, you tree-hugging hippies, <laughs> we put expiration dates on water bottles. As if water goes bad. The stuff we drink has been flowing around under the earth since the time of the dinosaurs. There was no expiration date on it then. But we put it in these stupid plastic bottles and we put an expiration date on it. Why? Yeah. Why? It's not the water that goes bad. It's the bottle. Oh. After a while, the plastic begins to break down and makes the water, according to the water companies, it makes the water taste funny. 
Mm. Now, I find nothing funny about a plastic taste in my water. No. Although I have laughed a few times at a comedy place drinking a bottle of water. So maybe it was the water. Yes. But go ahead and, and you, you know, I mean, you could, you could try one of these expired bottles of water yourself. It has a plastic taste to it. Yeah. It, what was the name of that water company? Uh, Clown Water. And then when you drink it, doesn't this taste funny? Vinegar on your fries makes them better for you. Potatoes supply a big splurge of fast-releasing carbs that rapidly raise blood sugar levels and insulin in an unhealthy way. And could increase you don't your have diabetes. To tell me about that. That's right. You are diabetic. Uh, I think uh, mm-hmm. we, we're not disclosing any private information. I love when you know. As an aside here, like when you ask someone a question like that, I'm sorry, my health information is uh, private. Then don't ask me how are you, because now you're asking me for my medical information. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, Nick. These greetings that we have are rude, and and they actually are infringing on your privacy. Right. Think about it. When somebody walks up to you and goes, hi, and you go, I did not smoke pot. <laughs> How are you? None of your business. That's none of your business. That's right. Whether I'm high or not. Yeah. Look at us teaching etiquette to people and useless information. Sure. It's useful, Nick. This is this is what we're here for, to fill people's minds with this junk. <laughs> no, useless information. <laughs> so vinegar, going back to vinegar being, you know, making fries better for you, vinegar has the effect of lowering the glycemic index of fries, which seems like those carbs get released over a more prolonged period of time as opposed to this fast burst of carbs. So the vinegar helps slow it down, making them just a little bit healthier for you. Okay, the, this one's a good one, folks, so get ready. The Three Musketeers Bar. Yes. Now, almost everyone has had one. Have you had a Three Musketeers bar? Yes, I have many times. Right. So mostly everyone has tried one or two, or in my case, a few thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So why is it called the Three Musketeer bar? Oh, this is a good one. Was it the three men that were running around saving people and doing all good deeds? All the Three for, Musketeers? All for one and one for all. Wasn't that their slogan? No, but it wasn't had nothing to do with that. The Three Musketeers was originally vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate, all mixed to one, kind of like Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. Okay. So it was vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. But during the war, they rationed a lot of the flavoring because back then it was a lot of natural flavoring. And so that stuff got rationed. And so they went to completely chocolate and a nougat-y type of, I guess, vanilla-y type inside. Yeah. So, And they just kept it like that. It stuck, like to the roof of your mouth, but it stuck. <laughs> yeah. And they kept it like that after World War II. So Three Musketeers was originally three different flavors. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. Excellent. Well, if you have a suggestion for us, we have a great opportunity, two ways to do it, actually. You go to our website, nickandroy.com, go at the top, click Contact Us, and also in the middle of the page, you'll see you can leave your voice message here. We now have given you the ability to not only email us at nickandroy.com, but you can leave us a voicemail message, and we can even play it on the show. Nick Mm -hmm. and Roy... Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Lipson. Our podcast has been on Lipson for at least a year and a half now. We love 
Lipson. Lipson has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Hey, if we can do it, you can do it too. Lipson provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, and how to get your show onto Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much more. Plus, as a friend of totally useless information with Nick and Roy, when you sign up with Lipson, you get your first month of podcasting totally free because you heard it here. There's never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit Libsyn.com and use code FRIEND. Libsyn is L-I-B-S-Y-N.com and use the code FRIEND, F-R-I-E-N-D. You know how to spell friend because we're friends, right? That's Libsyn.com and use the code word FRIEND to get started and create your podcast today. Welcome to the Totally Useless Information Fashion Show. Now, I am follically challenged. That, that, that voicemail thing is great for people that can't spell profanity. <laughs> it's P-R-O-F-A-N-I-T-Y, isn't it? Oh, wow. Uh, Look see? at the show off. Yeah. The one-upper himself. <laughs> well, you said, can you spell profanity? Yes. P-R-O-F-A-N-I-T-Y. <laughs> you can't say it, but you can spell it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So the term bangs refers to, you know, the uh, the sort of like hair. It that's, refers to things I was doing in high school. No, well, the first the things I used to have in high school, which are bangs. I haven't had bangs in years. <laughs> you did have bangs. I did, exactly. And then they went. Curly they, hair. Nick had real curly as a matter of fact, if you go to nickandroy.com, you click on About Us, and the picture that we put up there is my high school picture. Actually, both are high school pictures. So if you yeah. want to see what we looked like. And the picture next to Nick's high school picture is a picture of me now. Right. <laughs> right. So he looked really, really old then or really young now. The term bangs refers to the hair cutoff bang right straight across the front. Although the term is now applied to diverse forms of hair styling, it's probably related to a bang tail, a term still used for the practice of cutting horses' tails straight across. Oh, cool. Calling them bangs. Oh, that is a good one. The bang tail. There you go. Yes. Well, this is my teaser. Break out the wedding dress because someone died. <laughs> so what's that all about? I was confused the whole time. Uh, I'm glad I caught your attention. For In China... Uh-huh. That's China. Yes, the country that brought us beef and broccoli, fortune cookies. No, sorry, that was in San Francisco, a Chinese restaurant in San Francisco and right. fortune cookies. I think we had that on the show. Nope. The country that brought us beef and broccoli and the coronavirus. Well, that's suspected. Allegedly. Allegedly is the <laughs> Allegedly word we like to use. Yeah. Yes, that's China. They wear white at funerals. Now, years ago, we wore white at funerals in the in the 16, 1700s. White was appropriately okay for funerals. Okay. But that stopped and became black. But yes, China, they wear white at funerals. So, so think about that. They're correct. White for funerals and black for a wedding. <laughs> and that's what, the real funeral. Right. <laughs> it's the beginning of the end of your life. Is that what you're saying? Okay. I know you often kid around marriage and being married, etc. You have been married many, many years, coming up to 40 years. 30, soon. almost 39. Almost coming up to the 40th anniversary, and your wife is still with you. She's the one that's the saint. 
Roy is happily married. I'm happily married. We just joke around. So if you think our marriage is in trouble, well, they haven't heard this show yet. That's kind of like a disclaimer, folks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Send it it's kind of like when you come home and say, no, I wasn't at the bar. I, no. <laughs> exactly. Now, under that wedding dress or the funeral dress, maybe they wore a slip. Why Ooh. is a slip called a slip? Because the garment used a princess cut, which shaped the bodice and skirt by vertical seaming. It was also called a princess petticoat or princess slip. In the early 20th century, it came to be called a costume slip and then just a slip. And it was simply this other little frilly undergarment that you wore under the dress. Nick gets those at work. It's called the pink slip. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, one day we will define where pink slip came from in one of our topics, which is expressions on totally useless information with Nick and Roy. A garbatologist, no, not a person who checks garbage. A garbatologist, as you know if you listen to this show, is a person who collects ties. Yeah. I think you brought that fact up. I did, yes, one time, yes, in one of the episodes. But there is a real term for someone who collects sneakers now because there are big sneaker collectors. Oh. Big money. Thousands of dollars for a pair of like Michael Jordans and blah, blah, blah. Or Nick and Roy's. But there is a name now. They are called, and this is a true name for them, sneakerheads. Sneakerheads, okay. Yeah. So there is a term for someone who is obsessed with collecting sneakers. They're called sneakerheads. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll have to grab a pair. Get yours today. Here's my teaser. The Indiana Jones hat has something in common with the jacket that Michael Jackson wore in Thriller. The Indiana Jones hat was designed by Anthony Powell and Joanna Johnston, the film's costume designers, based on Deborah Nadelman Landis, her original hat designed for Raiders of the Lost Ark and made by Herbert Johnson Hatters in London. Deborah Nadelman Landis also created iconic costumes, the college sweatshirt worn by John Belushi in Animal House, she designed that and Michael Jackson's red jacket in Thriller. Deborah oh, cool. Nadelman Landis. That jacket appears in the movie Wedding Singer, too. The guy who's friends with uh, the wedding singer. He wears that jacket. Is it Billy? And then he gives it, he gives it to the bum, the oh. bum that punches the guy in the face and said, I used to be a lot stronger. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up with the jacket. It's great. Funny movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in the 15th century, being pregnant was considered ultra chic and oh. fashionable. Right. Which means that I would look good. <laughs> <laughs> you look really good. Because <laughs> I look pregnant all the time. In fact, some women would actually stuff a dress to create a baby bump so that they would look as though they were pregnant. Isn't that something? So fat was in. I guess in the 15th century, there was problems with getting food and so on. So I guess fat was in. So being pregnant looked good. Being being overweight looked good. So there were no gyms in the 15th century, apparently. No, there weren't. <laughs> And they didn't walk to work or anything like that in the 1500s. (laughs) To shed the pounds. Shoulder pads were really, really big in the 80s. Shoulder pads originally were invented as... I wore them when I played football. Well, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Originally invented as a protective layer for American football players in the late 19th century. 
Yes. Shoulder pads did not make their way into women's fashions until the 1930s. It took the creative mind of Elsa Scaparelli to dream up adding the padding to women's clothes. Yeah. In the late 1970s, I played football. And yeah. It's no fun putting a football outfit on. <laughs> really did, you, did you wear a slip under your football uniform? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Got in the way of the cup, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> you mean the trophy? Yeah. One bale of cotton yeah. weighs 500 pounds. That's the weight of a bale. Okay. How many pairs of jeans do you think they make from one bale of cotton? I don't know. I would say several. I mean, you know, goes a long way. 215 oh. pairs of jeans from one bale or 50 pairs from me and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Depending on what size, yes. 215 pairs on average from a bale of cotton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not to be mistaken with a bale of hay, because those would be horrible pants to wear. They would, yeah, and really itchy. <laughs> Thank you for joining us along the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We are on eight radio stations coast to coast to coast in Canada. We really appreciate your support. We are in over 65 countries now on all of your major podcast platforms. Thank you very much. And to all of you who have emailed us at nickandroy.com, go up to where it says contact us and right next to that there's a tab that says birthdays Mm, and what a great way to send someone you love a beautiful original gift than the nick and roy birthday salute from you it's not just original it's for people that i mean we always say oh they have everything they have everything but this they don't have and i'm telling you right now this is the gift to give somebody. They will freak out. They will call you. They'll be like, oh, my God, that was so great. It's just an amazing gift. It's called a birthday greeting. Go on to NickAndRoy.com. You'll actually hear a sample of it. It's awesome. Trust me. NickAndRoy.com slash birthdays. It's reasonably priced, and you get two very, very famous people doing the, uh, the birthday greeting for you. If we don't say so ourselves. Well, no one else <laughs> no one else would say it, so we might as well say so ourselves. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Tablet today's history. What happens tomorrow is history. That was so. That was so well done. And someone asked me, "Is that was that really Bob Dylan?" I said, "Yeah, sure it was." Yeah. Well, I'm actually the world's greatest lover, if I don't say so myself. Again, <laughs> no one else will say I so. If we're doing this, I might as well just <laughs> say so yourself. Up. Okay. What do you got? Okay. History. History. Yes. history. March fifteenth, forty-four B.C. You remember that, right, Nick? <laughs> uh, yes. It was just after forty-six B.C., wasn't it? <laughs> 44 and Nick's is 46. That'll yeah. give you an idea, folks, <laughs> where we got our education. If I may say so myself, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nick skips a year. Okay, Julius Caesar was assassinated on March 15th, 44 BC, by his friend Brutus and a bunch of senators. They believe like five or six. In an alleyway leading from the Senate building itself, Caesar had gone to the Senate. He made a speech. He left. They followed him out. And, oh, the good old days of politics. <laughs> yes. They brought knives with them, and they stabbed him. But they didn't just stab Caesar. They wanted to make a point. Literally. Not, yeah. No, right. No pun intended. 
They stabbed him 23 times. They took turns stabbing him. And of course, the last stab was Brutus. The final stab, the death blow. And Caesar said, what are you? What are you guys kidding? 23 times. I'm dead already. No, no, no. He didn't yeah. say that. Roughly translated into Latin, et tu, Brutus? <laughs> he said, et tu, Brutus. Et tu, Brute. Which meant, you too, Brutus. Buildings all over Rome mm-hmm. are adorned with marble. In fact, in the entire area of Europe there, buildings have marble adornments on them. Now, marble was very expensive at the time. But thanks to the Colosseum, the Roman Colosseum, the amazing um, stadium was pillaged after the fall of Rome. And the first thing the people did, it was clad in marble. The whole Colosseum was clad in marble. Ah. And the people ran up to the and pillaged it, and they stole the marble from it. And a lot of the Goths who who ran, they ransacked Rome, they stole a lot of the marble and distributed around Europe. So Roman marble from the Colosseum is all over Europe. So it used to have marble. The entire building was covered in marble. Now it's in, other, in, in people's homes. So when they took it, some Italian guy says, what are these people? They've lost their marble. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so the Molotov cocktail was a pejorative reference to Soviet foreign minister. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, but his last name was Molotov. Ah, the names are Molotov to you too. (laughs) Molotov as in Molotov cocktail. No, he didn't invent a drink. Uh, the name of my drink, Mazeltov. <laughs> <laughs> sure, that's exactly what they were thinking. The name's origin came from the propaganda Molotov produced during the Winter War, mainly his declaration of Soviet state radio. Gee, I'm glad they've stopped doing that now. Uh, Finland were actually airborne humanitarian uh, humanitarians who made food deliveries for their starving neighbors. As a result, the Finns sarcastically dubbed the Soviet cluster bombs as Molotov bread baskets in reference to Molotov's propaganda broadcasts. When the handheld bottle firebomb was developed to attack and destroy Soviet tanks, the Finns call it the Molotov. What was that? They destroyed what? The Soviet tanks. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And the Finns called it Molotov cocktail as a drink to go with the food parcels. (laughs) The drink to go with the barbecue. Right. (laughs) Exactly. In Rome, let's go back to Rome, whatever BC we're in. Yes. In Rome, during the time of the gladiators, women, well, big women, strong women, bloodthirsty women, uh, they were called gladiatrixes. Oh, or wives. <laughs> wow, she's gonna get you for that one for sure. No, trust me, my wife does not look like that. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> Although she's pretty tall, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But she's she's uh, a tall drink of water, as the kids like to say. Woman, she's a well-fit woman, if I might say so myself. <laughs> You might as well say so, yes. Let me sing a love song right now. (laughs) You were saying? Okay, so the gladiatrixes, Mm -hmm. gladiatrixes, tough to say twice, they would fight just like the gladiators. Oh. Kind of like UFC where they have the women's matches. (laughs) Just like that, yes. Which I like better than the men's matches because the women are heartless, cruel. 
their well, their wives. <laughs> so, but anyway, all right. Well, these bloodthirsty women's they would fight the women's they would fight to the death, just like the gladiators. They would also perform executions on criminals. But can you imagine them coming home from work and the husband's like, "Hey, honey, how was your day?" And they're like, "Ah, hey, well, you know." Chopped a few heads off and I uh, killed a woman, but uh, pretty boring day. Yeah. <laughs> so slow day for you, the huh, honey? <laughs> America's National School Lunch Program of 1946 was due to World War II. This is due to the fact that the government realized by giving children free meals, they would have a healthier draft pool if they ever needed it again. That's why mm. they fed them. So they fed the kids so that they'd be strong soldiers eventually. If they ever needed it again, absolutely. Oh, there's method to their madness. Exactly. So what'd they feed them? Crappy fake the cheese, cheese on two pieces of bread. <laughs> I mean, it was a, a horrible, and they gave them like a milk, a sour milk, yeah. and a, like a, a, a rotted piece of fruit. Great. Mm. No, no wonder, no wonder we screwed up in Afghanistan. That's right. <laughs> it was the meals that they gave them as kids, absolutely. And that is not making fun of the military because we do not do that here. No, no, we definitely do not do that here. We owe them a debt of gratitude. Speaking of military, that brings up Canada. No, no, yeah. no. Okay, <laughs> not really known for their military, although they are known for the word "sorry." <laughs> Yeah, we bomb people, then we apologize. Yeah, hey, I'm sorry I blew up your house. No. Yeah. Okay, Canadians can thank the person who discovered North America. And who's that? Columbus, wasn't it? No. Oh. Christopher No. No, no, no Christopher. <laughs> Leif Erikson. Leif Erikson, a Viking, he sailed over from, like, Iceland or some Norway or whatever the hell he was coming from, and he discovered and settled Newfoundland. Which is, which is, of course, by the Bay of Fundy and so on. And he yeah. discovered that piece. And then they eventually went over onto the mainland and discovered a place called Labrador, which is a lovely breed of dog. No, no, <laughs> no. no but they, and that was actually in Canada. So technically, Leif Erikson discovered Canada first. America was not discovered first. In fact, Columbus doesn't even step on to the United States proper. It's the Spanish that do. That's right. He invented his own wheeled office chair. The famous researcher found that in this study area, he would have to go through the rigmarole of walking about the office from bench to bench, desk to desk. So he maximized his productivity and saved him some valuable study time. He decided to attach wheels to his luxurious armchair. The inventor... Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin invented his own wheeled office chair. Wow, because oh, didn't we have like something like Benjamin Franklin had something to do mm, with a chair? No, it was the swivel chair. Hold on, the I swivel was, chair, so he could Jackson. swivel around. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Franklin. No, no, but see, folks, we give you all of this information. You know, in fact, my wife invented the electric chair and she told me, relax, honey, just sit down. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was Thomas Jefferson. Ah, Jefferson is, during, right. Is often, yeah, is often credited with being one of the ones who invented the swivel chair, but. You was, went back into our show uh, files? A hundred, over a hundred episodes now? to do that. I did a quick search, which you can do also on nickandroy.com. So Thomas. and how many, Nick? 
or over 110 episodes now, at least, of a library of useless information. NickandRoy.com. You literally, we are compiling, all joking aside, we're compiling the, so much information that this is, is it blows away college. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the way, Thomas Jefferson, wasn't he one of the, um, one of the uh, men who signed the Declaration of Independence? No, he was married to a, a woman named Winnie. No. On a TV show, a popular no. TV show. No, he signed the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Do you know where? Do you know where they signed the Declaration of Independence? In Philadelphia? At the bottom. You're listening to Totally... <laughs> well, we're moving on. <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. As we mentioned, you go to our website, nickandroy.com, click on Contact Us, and send us an email. You know, lately, Nick, I was feeling really tired, and, and, and I, I, we spoke about this. My friend Bob introduced me to Athletic Greens. This product is amazing. It's got a great taste. It's like a tropical fruit taste. I take it in the morning. It is amazing how I sleep better at night. My stomach feels great. It, it's like supporting my gut. I, I have so much energy. I haven't had this much energy in so long. Well, it also supports my gut, and I have quite a gut to support. Now, just don't take our <laughs> word for it. Athletic Greens is trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's all it takes. I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't cost more than like a cup of coffee a day to feel fantastic and great. And they're giving a special offer for us to give to you. They said to us, why don't you tell your loyal listeners, we'd love to do this for them because there are loyal listeners to Total Uses Information with Nick and Roy. Go to athleticgreens.com slash emerging and they will send you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to the website athleticgreens.com slash emerging. That's athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Do it. Do it today. I'm telling you, you're going to feel great. Athleticgreens.com slash emerging. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mailbag? Thomas from Edison, New Jersey. Okay. He writes, Dear I, Nick. I have, I, that is so funny because I picked one from New Jersey, but go ahead. All right. So, hey, yo, for all the guys in New Jersey, all the people that's in New Jersey, hey, how you doing? Hey. What's up? What's what are you up? doing? What are you doing? You look fantastic. Hey, Bruce Springsteen. Thomas. Anchovy. Anchovy. Uh, his, his sister. Anchovy. <laughs> it's his mother's sister, Anchovy. Uh, Thomas from Edison, New Jersey writes, Dear Nick and Roy, I am quite pleased with what I hear every week from you guys. You guys, you are consistent. <laughs> you guys are consistent. You guys are consistently useless, like clockwork. You guys are consistently useless. Okay, thank you. Like clockwork. (laughs) I was at the doctor's office recently, and as the doctor was listening to my lungs with his stethoscope, I was wondering who invented the stethoscope. Ah. So thank you, Thomas, from Edison, New Jersey. It was Renee. Thomas Edison. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Okay, wow. Well, I, oh, <laughs> yes, and he asked an invention question. Oh my God! Go ahead. Now you this think? Oh, you guys think you you think we make this stuff up? We don't make this stuff up. 
Wow. Thomas Good. from Edison, New Jersey, wanted to know who invented the stethoscope. It was Thomas Edison. No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> Rene Theophile Lenech, a French physician in, Ooh, 18, in 1816, invented the stethoscope. He invented the stethoscope because he was not comfortable placing his ear directly onto a woman's chest to listen to her heart. I've done that. <laughs> and trust me they don't have any they don't want you to do that either he observed that a rolled piece of paper placed between the individual's chest and his ear could amplify heart sounds without requiring physical contact so that mm -hmm. was the start of the invention of the stethoscope Rene Theophile Lenek a French physician thank you Thomas from Edison New Jersey some useful in information to the kids out there I've tried to hear a woman's heart they don't have any they're useless parasites no, come on <laughs> A sexist would say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Credit to Gutfeld. But. Yes. Okay. So you had Jersey. Yes. I had Jersey. Now, listen, they use the term you guys. No, did they really? That is so funny because, listen, he writes, please read this. That was the, the, the banner. Right. Dot, dot, dot. Then he writes, great, you're reading now. <laughs> hey, yo. Then he writes, writes you guys <laughs> you, you guys hey, you guys he says, you guys you make mistakes all the time yeah we make mistakes so all what? the time it's useless so, information rather than write one or two of the mistakes that this guy has found this guy this guy <laughs> so he says my name is carl I'm from Freehold, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Well, Carl, you are a Freehold. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> now he says, I'll be checking on you guys. Wow. <laughs> so we have some guy in Jersey named Carl that's literally in his basement right now going, wait a minute, let me replay that. Yeah. I got to write this down to check out yeah. on Nick and Roy. Folks, from time to time, we make mistakes. Funny you should say that. So I want to, so someone did correct us, okay? So for example, we had uh, someone email us at nickandroy.com. She was listening to our radio show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network in Canada. And she said, as an Australian, I feel obliged to let you know that it's budgie smugglers. We were talking about what Australians called speedos. And I didn't call it that. I forget what I called it, but it was not correct. So thank you to this listener yeah, we we appreciate when people check us in fact here's a new dare to everyone listening right now that's right there's 120 episodes we want you to listen to every single one of them that's right <laughs> and you tell us what we, we sometimes twice maybe that's right what we went wrong so thank you to the australian who corrected us it's it's budgie smugglers that's what you call a speedo in australia yeah, and thanks to old freehold carl right <laughs> he's a real freehold <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And now, for something completely useless. I was sitting there at a red light wondering as I watched the person cross the street. They were walking pretty quickly. I'm Nick was sitting at a red light wondering, it turned green. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like that shade of green, so I waited. Um, and everyone acknowledged by blowing their horns. So this person was walking rather briskly, and I thought... That person's walking really quickly. I wondered, because I often wonder these things, that who, which cities around the world have the fastest walkers? Mm. And sure enough, there was a team of um, 
uh, researchers who had stopwatches and, and took the time of how long it took for 35 men and women to walk along a 60-foot stretch of pavement. Huh. Comparing the results with these compiled by U.S. psychologist Professor Robert Levine in the 90s, the studies show that people were on average now walking 10% faster. Men are generally 25% quicker on their feet than women. So here are the top 10 cities with the fastest walkers. I'll start from number 10 going up. In Vienna, number 10, Vienna at 12.06 seconds for 60 feet. Number nine, Utrecht, Netherlands, 12.04. New York, eighth place, 12 seconds. Berlin, Germany, 11.16. Number six, Curitiba, Brazil, 11.13 seconds. And in the top five of the fastest cities with the fastest walkers, Dublin, Ireland, 11.03 seconds to walk 60 feet. Guangzhou, Guangzhou, China, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing it, 10.94. Madrid, Spain came in third with 10.89 seconds. Copenhagen, Denmark, 10.82 seconds. And the fastest people on earth walking 60 feet, Singapore, 10.55 seconds. I'm overweight. Slightly. <laughs> yes. If you can Doctor say, says I'm you know, overweight. I don't feel like I'm overweight. You know what? Not Especially you, in that carnival mirror that I bought, you know. <laughs> if you can say so yourself. And I'm a diabetic. Oh, beautiful. So desserts are scary to me. Yeah. I really want them, but I can't have them. I love sugar, but I shouldn't have it. Okay. Very, very confusing. And you get nerved up. When like they bring you the dessert menu yeah. at a restaurant because you want to order it so bad and you're looking at this menu and it's like creme brulee, mm. strawberry shortcake, mm. ice cream. It's mm. delicious stuff. And I was gazing at the menu and I looked up and I noticed something. Desserts spelled backwards is stressed. No. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yes. And I said, yes, I'm stressed. <laughs> Which I'll stre- take one of each. <laughs> and it stress you out even more. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I thought that that was so wild as I was looking at the menu. I don't know what made me look at it and say, oh, my God, that's says stressed backwards. Well, this is how our mind works. So if we're sitting, at least for me, when I'm sitting there, if I'm watching a television program, and uh, sometimes I'll find stuff to look up on the show because it was an answer on a game show or one of uh, one of the sitcoms that we like to watch they might present a fact in the show and i'll say that's a great uh, topic to bring up on the show so that's we why we overanalyze everything that's why everything. everything like nick said shows that we like to watch which means he has absolutely no control over the remote <laughs> no no i have the remote so how's how's this is us you like it <laughs> Well, it's the series finale, and it was a tearjerker. Um, so what you can do is you tell us who, who um, controls the remote in your house at nickandroy.com. On the show, we talked about food. We talked about fashion. We talked about history. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. So we just talked about in Singapore, they walk really, really quickly. I wonder why. Maybe they have to go to the bathroom from drinking beer. In Singapore, they like to turn urine into beer. 
What? There's a new type of beer being sold at a brewery in Singapore with a very unique ingredient. New brew is made out of a liquid which is recycled, because you have to recycle, by from sewage filtered and pumped into Singapore's water supply. Oh, no. Singapore's water agency has launched the drink, which is available in shops and bars to raise awareness of the country's water scarcity issues and the innovative solutions it's come up with to solve these problems. No, this is disgusting, Nick. It's like, oh, look, my beer has little chunks of uh, barley and hops in it. No, that's not barley and hops. (laughs) But people who drink the beer say what it's made out of urine they really don't believe it but sure enough they have figured out a way to turn this filtered raw sewage sewage pumped into the water supply and brewed into a beer which is why i call it not a poop in there too nick it's not just beep well singapore that's it (laughs) see and they're also (laughs) they're pouring a cold one singapore singapore Singapore. pour a cold one right <laughs> they pour right into the they pee right into the glass they do you know what they skip all of the recycling processes they skip all of those steps they pee right into the glass exactly it gives a nice head and everything so again maybe that's why they're walking so, so fast they're using raw sewage do they, they have to or do they feel that they get a better flavor from it is it that they they don't have enough drinking water that they use raw sewage well that's just it because the the country is going through a water scarcity problem and so what they're trying to do they're trying to save water which is also mm-hmm. i think the other campaign was because we have a water shortage shower with a friend i think no i campaign. think honestly what's happening is they want to stop their public from drinking beer too much so they're that like could, that could scarcity be. we'll scare them we'll put the poop in the beer that's right, exactly. Crap water in there. Let's flash back to one of the previous episodes that we've had here on Total Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We found out that Romans used to use urine as mouthwash. And do you That's remember the right. name they came up for it? The Romans used urine as mouthwash. We called it not Listerine, but Pisterine. <laughs> and so, so what's the name of their beer? So instead of a Pilsner, it's a Peasner. A Peasner. <laughs> <laughs> and Light. <Peasner> right. <laughs> if you want to count your calories. That's all the time that we have here on this episode. Oh, is, of, it, is it like thick, the beer? I picture it being like thick and muddy when it comes out. No, from the pictures that I saw from the website, it showed something that looks very much like a Pilsner. Um, right. And it has, you know, sort of like the uh, the bubbles that are, are coming up. On you the know glass. what's scary when you go in that bar and they go, uh, what kind of beer would you like? And you say, uh, I don't know. What kind do you have? And they're like, well, we have this and cans and bottles. And then you look over and you see these long shaped things. And we got this on tap. <laughs> <laughs> and the three guys in the corner. Yes. You know what? Just holes in, holes in the wall. No. Instead of bar stools, they have urinals at the bar. No, they go into the men's room and there's just these holes in the wall. That's right. It says insert here. And then they tap it. Gives new meaning to the word. I'll tap that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they used to, they were decommissioned glory holes. <laughs> that's all the <laughs> that stuff happens in Singapore. I'll tell you. The that's truth. all the time we have. Glory holes are good. I tell you for Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's all the time that we have for this and episode. And the rocket's <laughs> red clip. <laughs> this episode of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. If you're a lawyer or work for an attorney firm, go to nickandroy.com slash contact us. We will go and scour the internet and other sources to get useless information for you. Yeah, and, and while you do that, me and Nick are going to have a nice, ice cold one. You know? <laughs> Cheers to You a guys, piece. tell a friend. Tell everyone you know. Go to nickandroy.com, nickandroy.com. Honestly, over 100-some-odd episodes, super cool. Thank you so much all around the world for listening. You're making us uh, more famous than we should be. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thank you for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.